Welcome back, Surly Talk Sport, episode 21 on a bit of a wet and windy Friday, but never fear, your fizz is here, and boy am I looking forward to today's episode. A massive weekend of sport just been absolutely enjoyed every single minute, of course. We had the All Blacks putting in a dominant shift against the Irish. We'll touch on that soon. Sunday at Mount Smart. Gee whiz, it doesn't get any better than that. What an occasion. We'll touch on that soon too. Then the Biffs, of course, the UFC, she delivered as well. Heck of a card, that one again. We'll touch on that soon. And then in some grassroots chat, the Mighty Coat, we got up in our quarterfinal in a tight tussle against Silverdale. Boy, did they come to play. She took a penalty try to get the boys across the line late in the mixer, 28 points to 20, and we advance to take on Takapuna tomorrow. So if you're not up to much, get on down. She should be a doozy of a game. Some great names coming back from Super Rugby, MLR and Japan to suit up for their club side. So things are really starting to heat up and I can't wait for that game tomorrow up the mighty coat but as per usual she's gonna be a big episode gonna rip in to of course your nrl chat big chat this week as well because of course state of origin next wednesday and quite a bit of breaking news as well surrounding the warriors so we'll touch on that then your rugby union international code all blacks aussies south africa Plenty of boxes to tick there. We'll do a quick review of the UFC and then we'll rip into the TAB and, of course, the Q&A. And I'm weary. Didn't get into it last week, so bet your bottom dollar we'll be ticking that box this week. How good and up the mighty episode 21. Right, NRL God's game, the game they play in heaven. Round 16, of course, got underway last Thursday night with the Gulls beating the Storm. Touched on it last week, but shit, if you nodded off early doors thinking the Eagles had that one well and truly sewn up, boy, would you have got a surprise when you check the old score sheet on your Friday morning. The Storm came home screaming with five minutes to go, ran in four tries, but it wasn't enough to get the dub. Manly, hold on by a bee's dick. Then on your Freaky Friday, double header, the Knights up against the Titans. Mentioned I like the Titans in this one, and fuck me, did they let me down yet again. Got absolutely put to the sword by a Kalen Pongalus night side as well, which is probably the most worrying factor for Titans fans. Too good, 38 points to 12, a convincing win for the boys from Newey and plenty to work on for the Titans. If Justin Holbrook survives the next week and he's still your coach heading into round 18, I'd be incredibly surprised. Even though they have the bye, I think he could get the chop. One shout-out, though, and i got to mention it, Edric Lee for the Knights. In fact, both wingers for the Knights. Together, they dotted down for eight meaties. That's eight seasons' worth for me. Big Eddie Lee with five of his own. That's exceptional. And then Big Young with three of his own. Not often you score a hat-trick and you get outdone. So congrats to the two Stings 
for the Newey Knights. Then following that, we had the Panthers taking on the Roosters. This turned out to be a heck of a game. The line on this one, plus 15 and a half for the Roosters. I thought that was a bit generous, and a bit generous she was. Well and truly an arm wrestle type of game. Two quality sides going at it. And in the end, the Panthers, their class prevailed after a few interesting calls from the man in yellow. 26 points to 18. A heck of a game. And the Penrith train continues to roll on. 15 wins from 16 games. Exceptional stuff there. Then on your Super Saturday, she was an absolute swamp for the Bulldogs versus the Sharks game. Pissing down in Sydney. She looked like the old Bondi beachside pools. The grass was flooded, but that didn't stop the Sharks from showing up and coming away with a win against the doggy side. 18 points to 6. Horrible conditions. Nico Hines, he was probably the difference. He guided them around the park to perfection. Matty Moylan, he was also good. For the Dogs, I thought they tested the Sharks at time, and they're definitely a much improved team, but just got strangled with errors and discipline at key times, which cost them the game. Then following that, the Battle of Queensland. The Cowboys taking on the Broncos up there in Townsville. She finished 40 to 26 to the home side and it was the first time in Cowboys history that they've put 40 points on their Queensland rivals. She was a bit of a game of two halves to be fair, the old cliche, 10-8 at half time, head into Orange's vitamin C'd up and Toddy Payton obviously got a good revenue into them because they came out flying in the second half. It's their 12th win of the season, they're sitting pretty in third and who would have thought that? They were well and truly in wooden spoon contention in the preseason. No one gave them a shit show in hell and here they are sitting a pretty with 12 wins from 16 games impressive stuff from the cows then the last game of your super set the and upset alert ring the bell the Parramatta eels have done what only the eels can do impressive the week before against the roosters then they follow it up in true para fashion with a good old-fashioned bed shit 30 points to 12 the bunnies get the win and one man old trailmit latrell mitchell Boy, does he make a difference. He was looking bloody sharp in his first game back. It's fair to say he had a hand in a bit of everything. And man, does he free up old AJ, who continues to be a meat pie addict. He doesn't need any encouragement finding his way over the line. And he ran for 263 metres, two tries. And the bunnies, they just really dominated a disappointing Parramatta side all across the field. So great to see from Para vintage stuff from them. Then on your Super Sunday, and what a day it was. We'll touch on that first game last, because I know that's the one you're all here for. So we'll start with the Dragons Raiders. A real ball fest again. Tough conditions in Sydney. It's been raining cats and dogs over there. Dragons scrape home to a win, 12 points to 10. It wasn't without its controversy. And fair to say, the Raiders, they can feel hard done by, although, to be fair, they put themselves in this position with a pretty poor performance. But old Ricky Stewart, he has plenty on his plate, and he's been making a bit of noise, and fair enough too. Old Benny Hunt, 
Shit, he knows every trick in the book and he played it to precision. Three, six agains on the final play with seconds left on the clock. Managed to convince the ref she wasn't a penalty and that's a massive cock up from him, old Peter Goff. And he's been stood down this week as a result, which just highlights that even further. He's been given the old fag off, you could say. Heck of a pun there. The referee's boss, he's come out and said it should have been a penalty. That would have taken us the golden point and it could have been a different result. But to be fair to old Hunt, he exposed the flaw in the rule, pushed the boundaries, got away with it, and that is a huge win for the Red V to take them into eighth spot. And at this stage, they're playing finals footy, which is hard to imagine. But of course, the game of the week, the feature around the Surly Talk Sports Bums on Seats clash was the Mighty Waz, the homecoming game, the one we've waited 1,038 days for, and man did it deliver 26,009 bums on seats to be precise. And the Mount Smart faithful, they were out in huge numbers, making an absolute raucous. And I've had friends that went to the All Blacks game and then the Warriors game, and they just said there's no comparing the atmosphere. Rugby crowds, they tend to be a bit more quiet the Mount Smart faithful far from that. Every time the boys needed a lift, they didn't have to look far. The crowd was well and truly riding home every single play. And man, was this special and what a day. As mentioned, almost three years in the making and it certainly delivered. I'm still buzzing to be fair absolutely unreal and as soon as the boys were about to run out the tunnel the goosebumps they came on hard every hair on the arm was standing up and geez I was definitely fighting back the tears seeing the lads sprint back out onto Mount Smart the place erupted and you could just feel the energy from the players too they were so happy to be back there heard Wade Egan on SEM this week say that that was the craziest atmosphere he's ever played in and a few of the lads have compared it to what they thought an origin crowd would sound like absolutely unreal he also said he couldn't hear anyone on the field for the first two sets the faithful they were drowning out the players talking to each other so perhaps a little bit too loud but what a shift from the crowd the most pleasing part for me it's only the two points that we conceded at the hands of the tigers and yes of course you got to factor in it is the tigers but there's still a professional nrl side so holding any team trialless is a great effort, especially considering RD hasn't exactly been our strong point this year. 94% tackle efficiency as a team, that's great stuff. And I like to call that backs against the wall footy. And that is a, really when the crowd stands up and gets behind you. So I think us Warriors fans can take a bit of credit for that. Looking back, I can't really fault anyone's performances either. I thought every player stood up and put in a solid shift. There were a few standouts for me. I thought our back three, CHT, Dallin and Marcelo were all exceptional. Chanel, while we, it was a bummer to lose Walshie to COVID late, I think we saw that Chanel found his passion for the game when he was back at home at Mount Smart. He's just a cool head. He's incredibly reliable. Puts his body on the line on D. Safe under the high ball. And he's another strong playmaker with good communication. Which is what I think we really needed from him on the day. And I thought he was near our best on the park to be fair. And possibly man of the match. 
For Dallin and Marcelo, man, I don't think people realise how hard these blokes carry the stead in when they have the nut in hand. Just being at the ground, you really get an appreciation for it. They're both not the biggest wingers in the comp, but to say that they have zero handbrakes in their repertoire would be a fair comment. These two, they steam onto the nut and they just carry with everything they've got, which really does get our sets off to a great start. And I think Warriors teams in years gone past when we've been incredibly successful, it's been when our back three, our wingers in particular, start our sets off with a hiss and a roar. So that was great to see. I also thought Sean Johnson put in a great performance didn't score a try, but did pretty much everything else. His kicking game was sharp, and we scored a couple tries off it as well, which was great to see. The big stat for me in regards to SJ, 25 tackles, zero misses. That just goes to show what being back in front of your family can do, and you love to see that from Sean. He was definitely putting his body on the line, putting himself in front, and chucking in some shoulders which you love to see. In terms of the forward pack, shit, you could almost go through anyone, Eden Fenua Blake, to put in a shift like that off the back of COVID. Extremely impressive. Bunty, back on that back fence at Mount Smart, truly back home, winding up for his carries. That was worth a tear in the eye alone. Then you have guys like Jazz, Tohu and Curran, who all three exceptional on the day. They just carry so hard and they truly sum up what it means to be a warrior. So to say I was proud of the men is an extreme understatement. So what a day that was. I can't wait for the next game back at home against the Storm July 29th. I wish it was sooner. Still three weeks away and the boys have a bye this week which is almost a bit anticlimactic but I'm also happy for the Kiwi lads and the team because it means they get to spend another week at home. So hopefully it's similar scenes for that Storm game. The crowd can lift the lads to another big performance because I think up against Melbourne, I rate our chances at home. What we saw from this team is that back at Mount Smart, they're going to be tough to beat, especially with a crowd like that riding them home. So bring on July 29th. Incredibly proud of the boys. Still well and truly buzzing. And I can't wait to be back at Mount Smart in the blue, red and green again, cheering for our side, the mighty Waz. There truly is nothing better. Which brings us through to round 17 this week, and of course she's a bye round, but there's still plenty to talk about. We'll get into the Walshy stuff at the end. Of course, the first game, the Thursday night game, got underway last night with the Sharks taking on the Storm. And earlier in the week on the TAB podcast, I actually tipped the Sharks. Thought they'd be too strong with old Munster and Grant out of the mixer for Melbourne. Then when I saw Nico Hines had been ruled out due to COVID, I tried to flip the old switch. Luckily, it already placed a few multis with the Sharkies as the underdogs as well. So paying handsome. And boy, did they reward me last night. 28 points to 6 they got the dub after a heck of a first half one dog at Wanganui stuff from them 20 to nil they headed into Oranges all one way traffic and some great tries and some hissing try celebrations as well you gotta love try July what an initiative that is every celebration is money to charity and great to see the boys getting behind it 
early doors. In the second half, she tightened up a little, only 8-6, so that's one positive for them. But Brandon Smith, he got given a card, must have said something to the refs, didn't quite hear it myself, but he obviously blew up Deluxe, it was pretty interesting, the storm on attack, and he got binned, so he must have got a cheeky little spray, and then on the way out, heading into the sheds, it looked like he got spat on by a Sharks fan, which he then retaliated to, and that's horrible behaviour from the Sharkies, if fans are spitting on players, that is definitely not acceptable, you wouldn't do it in the street, and not expect to get your head punched in, so that's poor form there, and if that is the case, then that is bad stuff at Shark Park, and you hate to see it. But overall, a good win from the Sharkies. Would love to be on the fly on the wall at Bellamy's house. Back-to-back losses. And she'll be all go at Melbourne training this week. But a hissing win for the Sharks. And a great two points for their season. Then tonight, Friday night footy, just the one game, of course. Knights taking on the Bunnies. 9.55 kickoff live from Sky Sport 4. Not an ad, but Sky Sport, if you're listening, I could promote the shit out of where to watch the games, that's for sure. So reach out and look forward to hearing from you soon. But I think this is going to be a bit of a better game than a lot of people are expecting. The Knights, they're riding a high off the back of that win last week. The Bunnies, they got Latrell back, so they are a different beast. But they lose some key players in Cam Murray, Damian Cook and Campbell Graham, who's been ruled out with a broken jaw, and I believe he might be out for the rest of the season. So that is massive for them. For the Knights, they get Bradman Best back, and of course, they don't lose guys like Frizzell to Origin anymore, so it could be a great battle up front in the pack. For sure. I like the Bunnies in this game still though. Just that Latrell factor for me. And he'll team up with Cody Walker. And Harvilly who comes into the hooker. He can play footy as well. Plenty of first grade experience. So I don't think the Knights will have enough to get it done. Against a still pretty quality bunny side. But I do expect it to be reasonably close. Then on your Super Seti, again, just the one game. Tigers taking on the Eels. Typically, this is a game where I'd say that Para could potentially drop this one like they did earlier on in the year to the Tigers. But I think off the back of an embarrassing loss last week, the Eels should be well and truly too strong. And I don't see the Tigers winning too many more games this year and big news for them coming out over the past few days Adam Dewey he said he doesn't want to play in the centers he wants to play at six so please drop me to reserve grade next week if I'm not going to be in that jersey and that's massive for the Tigers they can't afford to lose Adam Dewey in my opinion he's their best player he's young he's talented he's big and he ticks all the boxes so it's going to be interesting to see how Brett Kamali handles that one because for me again the Balmain boys they can't lose old what's doing Adam Dewey. I've got Perry to win this one reasonably comfortable as well and I think there could be some anytime multi bets that could really get up for this one. I'm expecting a few meaties. We'll touch on that in the betting segment later on but this is one if you're wanting to have a decent go could well be the game to do it. So then your final game, and I actually think this could be a doozy as well. Sunday night, 6pm kickoff, a great time to watch some footy. The Broncos taking on the Dragons. If the sides were at full strength, I'd be going Bronx. But man, they've got seven outs this week. 
the Dragons, just the one, although their one is pretty important for them, and that is Benny Hunt, by far their best player, and he's been keeping them in games alone single-handedly, so that'll be huge for the Big Red V, but man, the Broncos, without Payne Haas, Curdy Capewell, etc, etc, and their backs are up against the wall, but I do still think they'll be too good, and the one name that as long as they're, he's on the team sheet, I'll be backing them in, and that's Adam Reynolds in the seven. These are the games where he earns that paycheck, where he justifies his signature and shows how big of a loss he is to the bunnies. He'll stand up, he'll guide them home, put them in the right areas, and I think the Bronx will get it. One to 12 should be close. But of course, the big news coming out of the NRL and the Warriors over the past few days has been that Reese Walsh has said he wants to stay in Australia next year. And a lot of people got wound up about this. And to be fair, I can kind of understand why, but I think people are missing the narrative here. They're not seeing his reasoning behind the decision and they're just blowing up at him and they're blowing up at the club and unfairly too. Of course, Reese, he came out and said that this personal situation has changed over the past few weeks. And as a result, he wishes to stay in Australia. And I think it's pretty well documented documented that there's been a change in his relationship status over the past couple weeks. I won't go into it. That's for Reese to talk about and Reese only. But it has meant that moving over to New Zealand, it would be without his child and partner, which would mean he runs the risk of not seeing his young kid very often. And of course, for any father or any parent, that's an extremely hard thing to face. And it just goes to show the sacrifices players like Sean have made for the Warriors being a away from their families, still showing up for the side and making the sacrifice week in and week out. It's not easy at all and I think a lot of times it gets overshadowed and ignored. So for Reese, I completely understand this decision. Of course, family is extremely important and should always be one of your top priorities. So it's hard to begrudge the bloke. And when he made those statements a couple months back saying that he wasn't going to leave, and he even made them on the Silly Talks Warriors podcast as well, his relationship was still different then. A lot's changed since then. This has been quite a sudden thing. So let the kid make his own choice. And I'm glad that the Warriors have been so receptive to it. And then, of course, the news broke that Chance Nickel Klockstad would be coming as the replacement to Reese Walsh for 2023. And this is huge for me, and it's the best possible outcome to a sad situation. I love watching Reese play in the Warriors jersey, and I think although his time here has been limited, he really has added to it, and he's given everything every time he steps on the field. You can't question his commitment, but in chance we get back a heck of a footballer a bloke who made his debut at the Warriors a Kiwi lad coming home again ticks all the boxes and I'm bloody glad to see it and for me this is the way the recruitment needs to go in the years to come but keep bringing back these Kiwi guys that have really missed their families and want to be back in New Zealand for chance of course he hasn't been quite getting the opportunities at the Raiders that he deserves two years back when he was starting he was one of the top five fullbacks in the competition he's still got that form in him for some reason Ricky Stewart he's been going down the lines of Xavier Savage bringing chance off the bench disagree with that greatly and I'm excited to see him wear the one jersey for the mighty Waz. 
next year. He brings that razzle. He has the flair. He has the step. He's bloody good looking as well. So we don't lose too much in the looks department. And also, I think he's just a bit more of a natural born leader. He's a bit bigger of a voice, a bit older, and he is a Kiwi lad. So I think what he can do for this team could potentially be bigger than even what Walshy could do. I think we need a steady head at the back, someone that can guide the boys around the park, pipe up a bit of experience, but still has that flair. So to me, Chance is a great result. On top of that, rumours Tamade Martin will be coming across in that Broncos deal as well. I haven't posted about it because it hasn't been confirmed. It's still just rumours and Cam George said there's a bit to sort out before the Walshy deal is finalised and that players will be involved. So maybe that is Tamari, maybe it's a Jesse Arthurs. Until it's confirmed, still just speculation. But if that's true, Tamari Martin is a wonderful pickup for this club. He can play in the halves, he can play at the back, he could play off the bench at a pinch. Again, he's a Kiwi boy, skillful, he's been massive for the Broncos this year and I think they'll be sad to see him go, to be fair. Extremely underrated part of that team. He's so steady. He's got some razzle about him as well. And again, he's good looking. So another complete package and another signature I'm extremely excited about. So sad to see Walshy go, of course. But in Chans and Tamari, we get two pretty good replacements and probably the best possible outcome that the club could wish for. And I really don't get people pouring on the club for these recent departures. You got guys like Nathan Brown and Ewan Aiken who didn't want to come to New Zealand. Not really the club's fault. Then you've got guys like Reese Walsh with personal circumstances and they absolutely did the right thing and letting him go. You should never come between a parent and their children. So right decision there. And people are saying, oh look, no one wants to come to the Warriors. I tell you to look at the recruitment for next year because in my opinion, it is probably one of the best recruitment halls that we have ever had as a club. We pick up some returning Kiwis in Marata Niokore, Chans Nickel Clocks there, to Tamari Martin with an asterisk there. And then you get Dylan Walker as well, arguably one of the best utility players in the competition, in great form for Manly at the moment. Origin player, another heck of a footballer. Add to that two Aussies and Mitch Barnett, exceptional footballer for Newcastle, and young Luke Metcalf who looks every bit a superstar for Cronulla. And you have six massive players coming into the system. And if you try and tell me our roster next year isn't strong, I'll tell you to Ligma, because, geez, we should be in for a heck of a year. So sad to see Walshy go in summary, and we wish him all the best. And, of course, I'll always be a massive Reese Walsh fan. He's a heck of a footballer, a heck of a bloke. Love talking to him, and I can't wait to see how he finishes out the season for the Warriors. I'd keep starting him. He's electric. He's X-Factor. And I think bums on seats. People will show up. And please, if you're going to that Storm game, don't boo the kid. There's a lot going on in his life. That's the last thing he needs. So let's get around him. Fill him with confidence and he can finish the season off with a bang. But all the best to Walshy and looking forward to Chans and Tamari in 2023. So up the mighty was. Huge couple of days for the club. A possible coaching announcement by the end of the week as well, I am told. So plenty to talk about on next week's show. Hopefully those two are confirmed. How good is rugby league? The never-ending story.
And of course, speaking of never-ending stories, that Rugby League week doesn't end there. Next Wednesday, a massive game, State of Origin Game 3. Some say it's the pinnacle of the game. Look, I think international footy would really would push it, but Maroons versus Blues, what an occasion this is going to be. The decider at Suncorp, the stage is set for an absolute doozy. The Blues taking on the Maroons. Changes for both sides. She's going to be all go. And the big one for the Blues. No pain, Haas, unfortunately. He was replaced by Jordan McLean up until yesterday when news broke that young Jordan had done a hammy, which is extremely unfortunate. He was going to make his origin debut at 30 years old. And no doubt he was fizzing at the bung to rip into some Queenslanders. But not to be Jacob Safidi. Instead, he comes into the 17 in a bit of a change. So you got to feel for old Jordan there. Then the other changes, Jackie Boy Wyden, he comes back in. He's in the 18 jersey at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a late change prior to kickoff next week and he either comes into the 17 off the pine or if he starts at centre for Stephen Crichton. So keep an eye out for that. For the Queenslanders... You have Felice Kafusi. He's out, of course. He's going to miss a couple weeks. So in comes Jeremiah Nanai into that starting 12 jersey. And, of course, this is a true reflection of how good the Cowboys are going at the moment. They feature heavily in both teams, playing some great footy, and both coaches have rewarded them for that, stacking them with Cowboys lads. The other changes, old Sammy Walker. He comes into the 22, but I don't think he's a shot at all to play. I expect Munster, I think he'll be out there. There's plenty going on, plenty of chat that he is struggling with that shoulder, but I think game three decider, I expect the Prez to lace it up. And then also Ponga battling with those head knocks, although it has been said he's cleared and good to go. So two big ins for the Queenslanders. I think they'll both play, and no doubt they'll well and truly be up for it. So it's going to be a heck of a game, sold out Suncorp Stadium. I was slightly surprised to see that the Blues are favourites heading into the cauldron in a place that we historically don't play that well. But settle down, Queensland fans. Last time we played you there, we held you to a donut for the first time ever. Put 20 of the best on you, an absolute dickin'. And hopefully this is going to be the same again. So up the mighty blues, we will not lose. Can't wait for this game Wednesday night. Should be a beauty. No doubt the banter will be flowing come Wednesday. And hopefully she's a 13-plus win. Nice and convincing. So I can start giving my Queensland mates plenty of shit early doors. So up the state of O, always provide some great banter between the mates and ripping the blues and up yours Queensland. Some international footy chat now and of course Saturday night sold out Eden Park, 50,000 plus crammed into the Garden of Eden to watch the All Blacks take on the Irish and what was a bloody good game to watch and pre-game there was plenty of nerves amongst the New Zealand rugby crowd of course the Irish they've had the upper hand on us over the last few occasions to, so to say there were some squeaky bums is a fair reflection everyone no longer underestimating the boys in green but it turned out to be a bit of one-way traffic and the All Blacks putting in a dominant shift 42 points to 19 to come away with the chocolates and send a bit of a statement that this series 
could be all go. And there was a key turning point for me, and it came around the 30-minute mark when Johnny Sexton, he failed his HIA. Mentioned last week how key he would be for the Irish, and man, was he living up to that hype pre the injury. But once he went off, I thought the Irish really missed him. Prior to that, he was creating everything for them on attack. Some little grubbers through the line, which made them look incredibly dangerous. And it looked like they could break the All Blacks open off the back of his kicking game and just his general calmness and structure. But once they lost him, it seems like it really took a big hit to their confidence. He saw their heads drop a little. And then from there, the All Blacks, they ran in three tries before Oranges to seal the game at 28 points to five, heading into halftime, and she really was game over then, and you just got the impression that this all-black side would not lose, and not lose is what they did. To Ireland's credit, though, they certainly didn't roll over, and they kept chucking everything they could at the All Blacks, but it was just never going to be enough. That All Black defence still as solid as ever, and the Irish just not able to score points as easily as us. We turn errors into points so quickly, little half opportunities, and we're gone like a thief in the night. But for the Irish... They really have to build into their tries, chip away at the All Blacks, multiple phase type footy, whereas we can just razz it up and hurt them in the space of 30 seconds. I thought the All Blacks looked very sharp. I mentioned last week, normally they have some rust on them first up, so I didn't mind the Irish on the line. That wasn't the case here. No rust on this chassis. We were physical. We're strong at set piece, which I think that addition of Scotty Barrett at six really did help. And we took our chances perfectly when we created them. In terms of standout players in the pack, I thought Sam Whitelock was great, and I keep saying it, but he's a player I've been incredibly harsh on in the past. But his Super Rugby final and this game, his last two outings, have really proven me wrong. So well done to old Sammy. I thought he was great. Then in the eight jersey, the man of the match for me, Adi Savia. This guy's an absolute freak. Two meat pies caused havoc all day. That second try he scored, bit of individual brilliance. He shrugs blokes off left, right and centre, leg drive of doom, he eats PCMs for Bricky and he's just an absolute handful and a true workhorse on both attack and defence. I thought Rico Ioane was strong on D and that's an area of his game that many were questioning heading into this. I think there's no doubt he's our best centre but if there were any question marks it was around that defensive piece so great to see him put that type of shift in a couple try savers as well which were crucial. Then I thought Quintu Pyre, he was outstanding at 12. He bent the line hard in his carries, as did Lester Whanganuku, and I thought they both did their job, what they were brought in for. Get us over gain line, tuck the old nut under the arm and carry hard, and they certainly did that, so well done to those two. For the Irish... I thought their hooker, Dan Sheehan, was good, as was Robbie Henshaw at 12, and I thought the big lock, James Ryan, put in a decent crack as well. But in the end, the All Blacks just too strong across the park. I am expecting a bounce-back performance from the Irish this weekend, and I do think it'll be a little bit closer, but in the end, I still think they could be too good, especially under the roof at Forsyth Bar, which leads us into this weekend's game, Saturday night again, primetime viewing, All Blacks versus Ireland, as mentioned, down there in front of the zoo, in Forsyth, the old Sistema lunchbox, in 
the Dirty South, and not many changes for the All Blacks, in fact, just the one, and it's forced by injury, and this is the most pleasing part for me, looking at this All Blacks team, is the consistency of the selections that we've seen here, I think in the past, All Blacks teams were being known to chop and change a bit too much, just the one change, we're going to get some continuity and a bit of chance for these combinations to form, which is great to see. And that one change, of course, Sammy Whitelock unfortunately ruled out. So in goes Scotty Barrett to the locking department. Dalton Papali'i comes into the six. There was lots of debate about what they would do there. They could go Peter Gus at eight, Artie at six, or they could chuck in Akira Ioane at the six jersey. But I think this is the best outcome here for me. Old Dalton, he was outstanding during Super Rugby, got an absolute work rate on him. I think people underestimate the size of the bloke and what he can do with the ball as well. He can be damaging with the old Gilbert in his mitts, so that's great to see. The other changes, Will Jordan, he comes in on the pine, one of the form backs of the Super Rugby, so no doubt the Irish will absolutely be on edge with him coming into the game with some tired defenders around that 50-minute mark, screams danger, razzle-dazzle, and don't kick the pill to him because he will make you pay. Also on the bench, we have two debutantes, and Aidan Ross, who will come on for the front row, replacing Carl Tuanukuafe, and I think what he'll provide is some extra mobility. Big Carl, he's a killer at set-piece time, unreal at scrums, but I think Aidan, just a bit more of a footballer, so it's good to see that change. And then also, we have Falau Fakatava coming in to make his debit boat, and again, he's another guy, inject around that 50 to 60 minute mark and he could cause mayhem I don't think the Irish would have come up against a halfback of the similar mould of Falau and I think he could really run amok and cause them some headaches unreal as well to see that he'll debut in front of his home crowd in front of the zoo and no doubt there'll be plenty of Falau fans there so that is a massive shift and can't wait to see him with that silver fern on his left tit. Interestingly as well, Patrick Tuipolotu comes onto the bench. Of course, with Barrett shifting into that starting role, they needed to fill that bench spot. And it's interesting, old Paddy, he was only playing club rugby for Ponsonby last weekend. The All Blacks, they said they wouldn't use him because he's been over in Japan, but it just goes to show how much faith they have in Paddy and perhaps how little faith they have in other locks going around. Interesting to know, Josh Dixon was called in to train with the All Blacks this week. The Highlanders lock, ahead of guys like Tom Robinson from the Blues, old Big Red, who I thought was unlucky to miss out on that initial squad, but maybe it just goes to show he's not in Fozzie's plans at all, and maybe that Super Rugby final performance really did hurt him, so you gotta feel for the big man, but overall a really strong team named, I'm excited to watch this All Black side rip in again, and I think that these conditions under the roof will make for some entertaining footy, I think it could be high scoring, and I do of course back the All Blacks to win, but I do think the Irish will put in more of a spirited performance, and if Sexton can last more than 30 minutes, then I think they'll be there or thereabouts heading into the final 30-odd. But then I think that last ending quarter is when the All Blacks will take it away. Jordan, Falau Whakatava, Richie Moanga, those three will come on in the backs and absolutely light them up. 
and that is where the All Blacks will bring it home. So really looking forward to this game. Up the mighty ABs and fizzing to watch them again from the comfort of my couch. She should be an absolute doozy. And your other international games from last weekend, just a quick summary, because there were some bloody quality games. After the All Blacks game, we were treated to a nail-biter. Aussie just beating England 30 points to 28. A big win there for the Wallabies. Then you had South Africa. Jeez, talk about squeezing at home. 32 points to 29 against Wales after a kick in the 83rd minute. A penalty goal. Dan Bigger went for the intercept, knocked the ball down, proved costly the box squeeze at home. Then you had Argentina beating Scotland at home. Samoa putting on an absolute clinic against Aussie A. Bit of an upset there, 31 points to 26. And then the other result I was really interested in, the Fijians at home putting Tonga to the sword. A Tonga side with the likes of Malachi Fikitoa, Charles Piatau, Israel Falau, 36 points to nil to Fiji. Great stuff from them, and you love to see it. In regards to those teams this weekend, you got Samoa taking on Tonga on Saturday and Fiji taking on Aussie A. Then, following the All Blacks game, Aussie will square off with England again. And then early Sunday morning, South Africa, Wales, Argentina, Scotland. So if you're a code head who loves the 15 bloke game, strap in. She should be a heck of a weekend and enjoy your footy. Hopefully a couple upsets. And if not, these games go down to the wire like last week always makes for entertaining viewing. UFC 276 also took place on your Sunday Arvo and this is where the Sky Go comes into clutch. Again, not an ad. Shout out to Sky though, that's the second plug this potty. I'm doing your work for free. But boy, Mount Smart, fair to say that that app was an absolute blessing because it meant you could watch the biffs before the Waz trotted out, which was huge fizz to say the least. And it was a heck of a card, absolutely stacked right through from the prelims. Unfortunately for Brad Riddell, his day was over within 45 seconds. He clocked a big shot from Jalen Turner, who then submitted him early doors. No doubt not the result Brad was after, and he looked pretty bloody disappointed, but no doubt he will bounce back big time from that one. Then in the first year main card fights, another bit of a disappointment. Sean O'Malley up against Pedro Munoz, and this ended with a bit of a draw, no contest, due to an eye poke. Unfortunate stuff, and you hate to see it, but you got the impression Pedro did not want to be there, and he'd worked out that Sean O'Malley was going to deplete some of his brain cells, so perhaps a tactical decision from old Pedro there. Then following that, we had Robbie Lawler taking on Brian Barberina, and it was Brian who got the dub by KO. Round two, an impressive victory from him. In your middleweights, you had Sean Strickland going down to Alex Pereira, and then your co-mains, and these were big fizz. You had the Volk defeating Max by points decision as predicted. And this was a heck of a scrap, and it truly was one-sided for me. We thought... Due to the previous two fights, this could go down to the wire, but I think Volk really showed that he's a class above. He wraps it up. That's 3-0. The trilogy is over. 
and there was no questioning the result in this one. The Volk was just another level up. Some of the striking he put on display, exceptional stuff. And this guy truly did show he is the best featherweight that ever has been. So congrats to the Volk. And then in the main event, Israel Adesanya got the dub over Jared Cannonier via decision. Plenty of people have come out since and said it was a boring fight. But our boy, the champ, keeps his belt, comes through unscathed. Just another day at the office for Izzy, and it was great to see. Did what he needed to do to get the dub. Some exceptional striking and evasion of strikes shown again. And if you want to stand and bang with Izzy, you're not going to be able to do so in that middleweight category because he will just pick you apart. Great to see from him. And I really just don't get the criticism. Not every fight's going to be entertainment deluxe. And Izzy's had a couple of these over the past few cards, but he's just doing what he needs to do to get the dubs, picking blokes off and coming away with the wins, which is great to see for New Zealand fight fans. And post the fight is where things got interesting because Israel, he called out Alex Pereira, who is of course the bloke that defeated him twice in kickboxing previously. So that should be a heck of a scrap. And no doubt that'll be a better show for the fight fans. That'll be all go. And both these blokes really will go at it. Israel with a point to prove as well, with many saying that maybe Pereira has the edge on him, both mentally and virability. So that'll be a great scrap. No doubt we'll see that one later this year. Bums on seats to say the least. And quickly before we move on from the USC, a special shout out to the old cowboy Donald Cerrone who threw in the towel, hung up the gloves, posters lost to Jim Miller on the weekend. One of the greats, a heck of a fighter and a truly great bloke, a family man. He had his boys in the ring there with him with their little cowboy hats on. Bloody nice touch and you can't help but like old Donald. So well done to you. Heck of a career. No doubt you're listening, mate. So shout outs from your mates early. Go well and enjoy your retirement. Certainly well earned. But a heck of a card for Biff's. Certainly lived up to the hype by my billing. That Volk fight, definitely the fight of the night for me. And up the mighty UFC. Nothing better than seeing just people go at it in the octagon. Barbaric entertainment at its finest. Time for Surly's best bets now. Brought to you, of course by the legends at the TAB. And as always, appreciate their support. And if you are going to gamble, please do so through New Zealand's best sports betting agency, the mighty TAB. But please remember to always gamble responsibly and always bet within your means. A heck of a sporting weekend again this weekend. Some great games to have a lick on if you are going to have a punt. We'll kick her off with the NRL as we always do. And it gets underway tonight. The Knights taking on the Bunnies. Knights paying 260 head to head. The Bunnies deserved favourites at $1.48. The line is plus five and a half and the over-unders is set at 40.5. For me, I like the Bunnies in this one, although I did mention I think it could be reasonably close and in that 1 to 12 market which is paying pretty good coin at $2.88. In terms of your anytime try scorers, look Edric Lee with 5 last week, he's at 2.10. Dominic Young 
at 2.37. So if you're a Knights fan, that would probably be where you'd be putting your money. Although for me, you've got to have Alex Johnston from the Bunnies, $1.53 short odds, but almost guaranteed. And then I do like Latrell Mitchell, $2.30 to score. He was exceptional last week. I think he'll take it up another level again this week. And if you're really bullish on him, two or more tries at $8 is absolute jam. And you could be in for some good money there. So for me, take the bunnies head to head to play it safe or 1 to 12. And look to that Latrell AJ try scorer market for your same game claims. Then for your Super Seti, Tigers, Eels, Eels $1.25 clear favourites, Tigers $3.85, the line 11 and a half and the over under again at 40 and a half. There's a couple options I like in this one, obviously Parramatta 13 plus is the favourite at the bookies $1.91, so if you think the Tigers could push them, $3.10 for the Eels 1 to 12 isn't bad at all. I do like that line as well, minus 11 and a half. It's almost paying the same as 13 plus. So that is a good option there. I also like Parramatta to score more than 24 and a half points at $1.85. Think that could be a good option. And in terms of some anytime try scorers for your same game claims, I like David Nofuoluma for the Tigers at $2.40. Anytime you can get him over two bucks is an absolute steal regardless of who they're playing. And then for the Eels, Isaiah Papali'i, $3.60. I think there's good money in that. And I also like Dylan Brown at $2.80. Two Kiwi lads that'll hopefully find their way over the chalk. So if you're playing it safe, go the para 13 plus. If you're willing to mix it up, get in some of those options. Chuck a few try scorers in there and you could come away with a decent little payout. Then for your Sunday, the final game of the round, Broncos taking on the Dragons. Of course, it's at Suncorp, a nice little origin warm-up. $1.73 Bronx, $2.07 St. George. The line two and a half, the over-unders, 40 and a half. I love that line. Broncos minus two and a half. I think that's absolute jam. I do think it could be a close game. As mentioned, seven outs for the Bronx, but no Benny Hunt for the Dragons. That locks it in for me. In terms of anytime meaties, hard to go past Corey Oates at $1.62, although that's pretty tight. So if you want something over the $2 range, Katoni Staggs at $2.30, and then Adam Reynolds at $5. He's not immune to scoring a couple, so that is a decent payout option there. Play it safe, take the Broncos line, minus two and a half, can't scoff at $1.90, and that should be a nice little rugby league multi for you. So chuck them all together, Broncos minus two and a half, para 13 plus, and the Bunnies on a minus five and a half line, why not? paying $6.89, a healthy little payout from your rugby league action. But of course, that's not where she ends for God's game. Queensland taking on New South Wales on your Wednesday night. As mentioned, surprisingly, New South Wales heading in pretty clear favourites, $1.67, Queensland $2.15. So if you are a fan of the boys in maroon, there's some good money for you there, and it only gets better in the winning team and margin markets. Queensland 1-12, to $3.40. 13 plus 550 and the blues 1 to 12 288 and 13 plus $3.40. I'm of course back in the blues in this one and I don't mind the line minus two and a half. 
That should come in for sure. Dollar ninety, or if you're a Queenslander, plus two and a half at a dollar ninety. Some good money to be had there. In terms of your anytime try scorers, young Selwyn Cobbo on the wing at 2.30 in front of his home crowd at Suncorp. He's always a good chance. As is James Tedesco, $4.50 for the Blues. I think that's massive overs. Teddy, for me, has been the best player for the Blues this series. Had a good game one and a losing side when Nathan Cleary wasn't as sharp. And then was exceptional again in game two. $4.50, I can't get over that. That is some massive odds, and you got to have them in the mixer for me. So if I was to throw a little same-game multi together for that one, of course I'm taking the blues head-to-head, bleed blue, da-da-da-da-da. Then for my try scorers, I'm going Nathan Cleary and James Tedesco. And to top her off, New South Wales, total points over 18 and a half. That's paying $19, massive overs for me, and a real chance to win some money there. So some good odds on the Origin game so far. Get in early and you will be rewarded. Then for your international footy, as mentioned, a full calendar again this week. And the TAB, boy, have they come to the play with a massive special, the Backing Black promo. And that is if you bet on the All Blacks 13+, plus, it doesn't come through. Either Ireland win or we only win 1-12. to 12, They'll refund it up to $100 as a bonus bet so that's a shot at free money and a shot that I could not pass up have well and truly got in on that they're paying a dollar 75 so a chance to pick up some good coin there as well nothing to scoff at in terms of your other options New Zealand obviously head and clear favorites a dollar 18 head to head to Ireland's 460 1 to 12, 3 bucks, 13 plus $1.75 as mentioned. If you do like the Irish, perhaps you're from over those ways or you just think that they'll be in with a sniff this week. 5.75, 1 to 12, 16s, 13 plus. So not a lot of faith for the boys in green. And if they are your side, you could be laughing all the way to the bank. In terms of your anytime try scorers, our two wingers are your shortest odds. Leicester and Sevu Reese, both at a dollar eighty. Adi Saver, of course, grabbed a double last week. If you think he can repeat those heroics, he'll be paying three bucks. Don't mind the look of Geordie Barrett as well at two fifty. And I think Bodie Barrett's a real steal at two dollars seventy. Could see him engaging that show and go and crossing the white line. For the Irish, James Lowe, two dollars. 60 anytime you can pick up a winger over two bucks I say it every week get involved in that that's too good to pass up and also don't mind Dan Sheehan at three dollars could get a left nut needy off the back of a rolling mall if you play it safe I'll just be going the New Zealand 13 plus as a single bet and rolling the dice with that bonus bet promo as my backup if she falls through and then for some try scorers Chuck Bodie in the mixer why not let's see how he goes no doubt a big shift from him in terms of your other games Australia $1.60 England $2.40 South Africa $1.25 short favourites against the Welsh at $3.80 Wales were probably unlucky not to win that game last week so if you think they can go one better and if you don't think that South African side will improve much then there's some good money to be had there on the head-to-head alone and then Argentina their favourites against Scotland at home $1.42 to $2.90 so if I had to do a cheeky little international rugby multi All Blacks 
13 plus, of course. Aussie, head to head against England. South Africa, 1 to 12 against Wales. Think it'll be tight again. And then Argentina, head to head. That four legger paying $10.73. And of course, if one leg falls short, you'll get your money back in a bonus again. Absolutely generous stuff from the TAB, and don't say they don't look after you. Then, looking at Wimbledon, which has really been heating up over the past couple of weeks. Haven't spoken about it much, but it's been a heck of a tournament. Spearheaded, of course, by one of the greats in Nick Kyrgios. He is a cultivating character. A lot of people, you either love him or you hate him. Me, personally, I think he's great for the game. He's definitely brought in some bums on seats, which is the main thing. And then, of course, he advanced through to the finals automatically Rafael Nadal who I'm a big fan of unfortunately had to withdraw with an abdominal injury so a big blow from him but great for Aussie Nick who now sits a pretty gets a rest as well heading into the final so that could be a big box tick for him there's still another semi in the men's department Djokovic he's taking on Cameron Norrie tomorrow morning 1.30am so you've got to be a keen tennis watcher to get up for that but of course Old Norrie, he's got a New Zealand connection. He was raised here in his early years, started his tennis in New Zealand as well, so we'll absolutely claim him. And he's paying $9 head-to-head against Novak, who's $1.05, very short there. So if you think Cameron's in with a chance, 9 bucks could be too good to pass up and well and truly worth a little flutter on a cheeky tenner in case he pulls it off. In terms of your outright winner markets, Novak, the clear favourite at $1.22. I like Nick Kyrgios, $4. As mentioned, he's going to come in rested. He's full of confidence. It'll be interesting to see who the crowd is behind. If it is Joker versus Kyrgios, two blokes that aren't exactly the most popular in the game right now. But that would be a heck of a game. And then again, if you're back in the Kiwi Rays, lad, Cam Norrie, 23s to win it at this stage. Again, could be worth a cheeky tenner. Why not? Over in the women's market, we have their second semi-final tonight. Alina Rybakina up against Anjabur. Alina, she's the underdog, 223, on's at $1.63. Not going to act like I know what I'm talking about with those two, so I'll avoid that and might just stick to the men's. Nick Kyrgios, outright winner. The option for me there, with old Cam Norrie to pull off the upset in the semi at nines as a cheeky little value play. So for your Magic Multi this week, I've done a cheeky little international footy into the NRL so that she's all wrapped up by a Sunday night. I've gone with Latrell Mitchell, anytime try scorer in the Knights Bunnies game. Broncos minus two and a half line. All Blacks 13 plus. Australia head to head. And Argentina head to head. That five legger pays $17.37. Definitely nothing to scoff at. And she's very realistic as well. So worth a flutter, in my opinion. And fingers crossed that one gets up because that would be a nice little payday and a great little account builder to head into next weekend when the mighty Waz are back and, of course, the Surly Talk Sports Power Plays. So a bit of a week off for the Power Plays, but best believe we'll be back next weekend when we take on the Parramatta Eels and up the mighty TAB. Again, if you're having a punt this weekend, please do it so through our mates, but always gamble responsibly and bet within your means. Good luck on the punt. 
Hopefully you get a couple dubs and fingers crossed that All Backs Backing Black promo can come in. 13 plus all the way. Easy money. How good. Right, time now for the old Q&A, everyone's favourite segment. And as mentioned, we haven't done it for the past couple of weeks, but we've got four doozies this week, so let's rip in. The first one is from Mitch Ryan over there in Australia, tearing up the shoot shield. So great to hear from you, Mitch. And he says, with Reese Walsh leaving, do you think it's time the Warriors target more big-name Kiwi players? And yeah, look, great question there, Mitch. Touched on it a little earlier, but I think long-term that is our best recruitment strategy. If you watch that Kiwis Tonga game, you could tell that there's a lot of blokes that were very emotional, really do miss home. So we got to start pulling on the heartstrings and recruit them back in that way. I'm talking your Joey Manus, your Brandon Smiths, the Bromwich brothers, who of course have just signed with Redcliffe, Isaiah Papali'i, guys like that that we can bring back into New Zealand, back into our system, world-quality footballers, and sell them the Kiwi dream. I think that's our play long-term, and of course our hand has been forced over more recent years. With the COVID being based over in Aussie, we kind of were forced to sign some Aussie players, and as a result, they didn't want to move over to New Zealand, so it all is fully understandable how it's played out, but I think... If we can get some Kiwi guys, still surround them with some quality Aussie players, of course. You need them in the mixer. But guys like a Joey Manu, Dylan Brown, when they're next up off contract, I would love to see us chase them hard, bring them home, and get some more world-class footballers that are Kiwis back into our system. So great question there, Mitch. Hope your season's going well, mate, and hopefully a dub for you tomorrow Arvo your next one comes through from Cully Kiwi and he says are you sad the Rams got knocked out and didn't make the final this weekend and of course that's in the old Central Otago competition the Rams the favorites they got knocked off tough times for old Jeremy so shout outs to you mate hopefully the old Super Sunday Mad Monday went well and you just got to take your luck sometimes the season doesn't pan out at planned but you're a great bloke and no doubt you'll be back in the mix in the years to come. The next one comes through from a Northcote stalwart, Bryce Chesney, and he says, Can the mighty Coat Prems take out the win tomorrow? Can't be there due to COVID, so want to see you in the final. And look, unfortunate to hear that you've come down with the old flu, mate, the spicy cough. It seems to be really making a resurgence. Now we're back in winter, but this is not a Ministry of Health podcast, so hopefully you're recovering well at home and it hasn't hit you too bad. In terms of can the mighty Cope Prems take it out, absolutely, mate. Got nothing to lose, heading in as underdogs, so just got to chuck the full house at them and see how we go. I'm confident in the lads. Of course, I'll back the coat any day of the week against anyone. Should be a ripper of a game. Plenty of quality footballers on both sides. So if you're not up to much tomorrow, head along to Oniwa Domain, preferably we get maroon and gold, and make some noise for the North Coat boys. Should go down to the wire, and fingers crossed, it won't be the last game of the season, and we can push the festivities out till next weekend your fourth and final question and it comes through from Travis V Dub and he says thoughts on Charles Nickel Clockstad and possibly Tamade Martin coming to the Warriors 
next year. And look, as mentioned earlier, I think it's the best possible outcome out of a sad situation. Huge fan of Walshy, but fully understands his reasons to want to head back home. And in Chans and Tamare, we get two absolutely quality footballers, two Kiwi lads who want to come home and be based over here, and two experienced heads that can play both razzle and structured style of footy and bring some leadership to the team as well. So I think they tick all the boxes. I'm extremely excited to see them at Mount Smart next season and it just adds two more names to our recruitment for next year which I think we've absolutely nailed and I can't wait to see how we go. Top 8 footy is definitely the expectation especially with a new coach at the helm as well so exciting times for Warriors fans get in behind the boys and Walshy for the rest of this year she's definitely not over and fingers crossed young Reese will continue to play his heart out which I know he will but two great additions and a great question from you Travis there so thanks for sending that in. Right, that's all we've got this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, as per usual, a big up yours from me. And I'll see you back here next Friday. Same time, same place, regardless. If you're participating in grassroots sport, go well. Hope you get the dub. And, of course, up the mighty All Blacks tomorrow night and up the mighty coat tomorrow afternoon. So I'll see you next week. Go well. Enjoy your weekend. How good's a Friday and how good is some silly talk sport.